It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Welcome into the Patrick Johnson Show. Ben B. Baby Barn filling in for the P Man. Joe Sampson right across from me. How we doing? Former ECU Pirate tight end. And Philip the Ref Pilkington. Who well, I understand is going to be calling some pretty big games this weekend. Congrats, my friend. Appreciate it. I don't know if I'd call it big. Well, I you're Marvel's guy now, apparently. I guess yeah, so. Yeah, I've uh, the called guy. their state championship games last year, men's and women's, and uh, got the. Uh, Men's basketball game on Friday night. Hey, congrats, my friend. Look at you. You're a hot commodity going on right now. Well, we're leading you in the coverage between ECU basketball and the Tulsa Golden Hurricane as the Pirates return to Minji's Coliseum. Tip-off for that game is set for 7 o'clock. Network coverage begins right here on the flagship station, the ECU Pirates, 94-3 the game at 6.30 with the voice of the Pirates, Jeff Charles and Coach Michael Perry. I would say, and I think we can all agree on this, must-win game for the Pirates. Yeah, I think so. If you don't win this game, you're probably finishing last in the conference. And they're 1-6 in league play. They're terrible. They can't score. And uh, if you don't win this, yeah, I mean, it's not getting any easier after this one. I was looking at the standings before the show. If the Parts win this game and they're 2-6 and six in conference play, they can jump as high up as 8th in the conference standings. So, season's not lost completely. Big jump for a first year, absolutely. Just yeah. based on everything, how it finished out last year. Absolutely, finish yeah. Finish eighth would be a huge thing, I'm sure, for Schwartz. And I still think we're building the right direction. I mean, Javon Small was really your floor general. He could rebound. You know, he was up there in assists. When, had some of the better assist numbers in the conference. Uh, was somewhat of a threat from beyond the arc. And then when you lose that, and obviously he was our leading scorer, um, that's a lot to acclimate to. And now you have Caleb LeCount, who's, I mean, 5'8 might be a stretch. I mean, I never thought I would tower over a D1 basketball player at the point. Um, obviously, there's going to be some uh, adjustments that are going to have to be made, and players are going to have to get acclimated. So, going to be a must-win game. What concerns me is something that has plagued the Pirates for the last couple of games, and this is the fact that Tulsa, despite being a very bad team this year, they're under a first-year head coach as well, uh, Eric Conkle, who comes for Louisiana Tech. Um Tulsa shoots a lot of threes and makes a lot of threes. Um, They average about 8.2 made threes per game, and they're shooting 32% from the perimeter. Uh, That's something that's plagued the parts. I can think back to that Cincinnati game where Cincinnati made 11 made threes and a half. And then Temple obviously um, had some success success from beyond the arc. And a must-win game that definitely concerns me, along with Sam Griffin, who's one of their better players, and actually a really good player in the American that's getting overlooked, just despite the fact he's on Tulsa. So, going to be a must-win game. couple things to keep an eye on. Tulsa, East U later tonight, Menji's Coliseum. Coverage begins at 6.30. Tip-off set for 7 o'clock. Uh, taking a look at the football beat as we speak, Noah Henderson joining two other Pirate players 
who were former high school teammates in C.J. Johnson and Holton Aylers in the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl, set to take place this Saturday on the NFL Network. Um, obviously, you being former teammate as the uh, as of theirs, Joe, you got to be very proud of them and oh, the opportunity so, they're getting. Just so excited to see what they can do, and just Holden had a great showing at the Hula Bowl. Same with Noah, and then CJ getting this opportunity to show himself in front of these scouts and play this high level of football that we knew he could play. Just excited to see what they can do. I was surprised to see CJ was the only part player getting a combine invite. You would think Keaton would get one, even Holton would get yeah. one, but. Nonetheless, we get, we always have that chip on their shoulder. We always get overlooked. Um, it sh- probably shouldn't surprise me that much. This fact the Pirates are getting the shaft right now. I did see that. Uh, I did see that Holton uh, did not get invited to the Senior Bowl, and uh, it, at first I was outraged. Like, how could this possibly happen? And then I saw Hendon Hooker got an invite over, and I'm like, all right, yeah, understandable. At least, at least it's comparable. Understandable, yeah. Had. Heisman candidate for most of the year. I mean, I get it. Does Hendon Hooker really need it, though? No, he probably doesn't. You yeah. remember the senior bowl, what do they invite six quarterbacks? I think I think it's three on each yeah. team. Yeah. And, you know, obviously there's a few guys that are going to the league that are not seniors talking about guys like C.J. Stroud and uh, Bryce, Young. Like Bryce, Bryce, Bryce Young. Love, yeah. Bryce Love, yeah. Well. Will Levis. Or, yeah, but, you know, there are still probably six seniors that are probably more deserving than Holton Aylers. I mean, unfortunately, it's no knock on Holton, but when you only get six at a position like quarterback – it's it's definitely slim pickings. Yeah, I think it was Tanner Morgan and Sean Clifford were the two that I saw that were ahead of him as far as that goes. And they had great seasons, obviously Penn State playing in the Rose Bowl. And then Minnesota, Tanner Morgan's just been absolutely unbelievable the entire four years he's been there. And absolutely. That Big Ten bias is obviously going to come over the Power Six schools, as we like to call it in the American. They want ratings. And, I would, and maybe that's not a great excuse because – when you look at EC and Coastal Carolina's ratings, I mean, it was better than some of the, like the really big P5 schools that were in bowl games. Yeah. So I would think if you would want ratings, you would put Holton in it, but I guess not. Who knows? Tennessee probably has the edgewise rating-wise over EC when it comes to that. So I could see that. Yeah, possibly so. So congratulations to those guys, especially Noah Henderson, who's really been like really held it down on the offensive line for the past couple of years. And I even saw before the year a lot of like college football media pundits had them kind of had him as an NFL like hidden gem, a guy that people need to keep an eye on, much like Deontay Smith, mm-hmm. um, a guy that's going to go a little bit under the radar that can make an impact on any NFL team and be a really good offensive lineman. So I'm interested to see, uh, especially where Noah Henderson goes in the draft. Um, I think he can surprise a lot of people, especially where he ends up. And uh, he's a really good player for the Pirates the last couple of years. Um, we're also going to bring you coverage from ECU Baseball Media Day from yesterday. We'll hear from the reigning AAC Pitcher of the Year and Carter Spivey. Had some very interesting comments from him as well. And then looking at the news of the day, we're not going to get too much into it. We're going to save it for later. But uh, this just popped up in the headlines here. We can go ahead and get into this. Rodgers open a rework and a deal if he plays in 2023. The big question is, does he play in 2023? I... I, I don't think I don't, so. I don't get why. Why would he? Yeah, it's been it was just such a whack year for them. He doesn't seem like his heart's in it. I mean, what's the point in going out there and playing a game if your heart's on it? I mean, he's got more yeah. than enough money. He's got the state farm money coming in. It seems like he <laughs> doesn't even get Jeopardy. along with the front office. Possibly Jeopardy. Yeah. yeah. It just seems 
and obviously I'm not passing judgment. I'm not at that level. I can't comment on it. But it, it seems like he's more into what the game brings him than the game right now. Even on McAfee, you heard him talking about how yeah. he'd be open to playing for another team or playing for the same team, but he's not sure what he wants. And Rappaport said it's going to take at least a first and a second or two first-rounders to get him to another team. Which is don't ridiculous. Want him, Which don't is, want him in yeah. the NFC. He's a 38-year-old quarterback who hasn't come off an NFC championship appearance in two years. Are you sure that's the guy you want to trade the farm for right now? Well, you know, the good thing that plays in Aaron Rodgers' favor wasn't the best year for Aaron Rodgers, but he's coming off before this season two back-to-back MVP seasons. Yeah, so he's true. at least proven he could play late into his 30s and be still play at a high level. He can easily argue, hey, look at my weapons this year. A lot of new guys, a lot of guys that really underperformed. Mm-hmm. Alan Lazard, you could argue, was probably my best weapon, who in any other team would probably be a number two, number three guy. So yeah. Christian Watson coming live late, that doesn't help you in the first eight games of the season. Yeah, when absolutely. You're trying to build the division lead against the Vikings, who finished 13 and four. And they have weapons. I mean, they have guys that they're kind of setting up for the future. Like Romeo Dobbs had some really good games, just couldn't stay healthy. Like mm-hmm. you said, Christian Watson, they're set for the future. It's a matter of how long can Aaron Rodgers hang on um, as we kind of saw him. I don't want to say fall off a cliff this year, but we finally saw him kind of come back to reality, much like uh, what we're seeing with little Tampa Tom there. So, But if you're Jordan Love, you, you've got to be asking for a trade at this point. You've sat behind Rodgers for three yeah. years now. You were a first-round pick. You were supposed to replace him in a year, and you're going on year four now of your rookie contract, about to go into free agency without playing it down. Well, let's be real with Jordan Love. What is the uh, what's the market for Jordan Love right now? Especially where it seems like the quarterback market in general is going to be really crowded this year. When you look at the free agent quarterbacks, um, I don't think it's the best quarterback class, but nonetheless, it's crowded. There's a lot of bodies, mm-hmm. a lot of interesting, intriguing prospects. A lot of different teams, and you have a lot of guys like a Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, Zach Wilson's another guy where you could possibly trade for those guys. Maybe not have to give up too much and then take a chance on guys like that. Derek Carr, another one. So um, it's very interested, very crowded quarterback market. I'm just not too sure what Jordan Love would generate in a market like that, especially where I really felt like Green Bay was the only team that felt like he was a first-round quarterback. Yeah, same with Pickett and Pittsburgh this year. Yeah, I just it, it's interesting. It's just very, very wild stuff going on. Well, on the other side, We'll take a look at what happened with ECU Baseball Media Day. We'll hear from Carter Spivey, the reigning AAC Pitcher of the Year. All that and much more on their side right here on the Patrick Johnson Show. It's coming up on your flagship home of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. If you want the best steak in Eastern North Carolina, then remember this name. The Seahorse Steakhouse, 2301A Stantonsburg Road in Greenville. They serve USDA prime ribeyes aged 50 days, cooked to perfection by Crystal. The Seahorse Grill Master, guaranteed to be tender and juicy. The Saturday Night Prime Rib is an experience you'll never forget. It's the most flavorful, tender piece of beef you'll ever eat. Delicious is an understatement. You're sure to leave full and satisfied. But if you have room to spare, a generous slice of one of their homemade cakes will take care of that. So the next time you want a really good steak in a relaxed family atmosphere, remember the home of Daddy's Steaks and Mama's Cakes. The Seahorse Steakhouse, Stantonsburg Road, Greenville. 
If you've been injured in an accident and need cash now before your case settles, Oasis Financial can help. Last month, Oasis helped over 3,000 people. Why not you? If you have an attorney, call Oasis Financial today at 877-266-9107. It takes just three minutes to apply. And once you're approved, get $500 to $100,000 of your settlement in as little as 24 hours with no risk to you. That's right. Get $500 to $100,000 within one day. If you lose your case, you don't have to pay Oasis back ever. So call Oasis today to see if you qualify at 877-266-9107. That's 877-266-9107. Better days start today. Get the cash you need with Oasis. Call Oasis today at 877-266-9107. Oasis is currently not providing legal funding in Arkansas, Kansas, Kentucky, Maryland, North Carolina, North Dakota, or West Virginia. Your vehicle packs a load of safety features to protect you in an accident. At North Carolina Farm Bureau Insurance, it's our job to protect you just as well after an accident. With fast claim service from local agents, our auto coverage is a lot like an airbag. We hope you never need to use it, but we're right there and ready just in case you do. North Carolina Farm Bureau Insurance, helping you is what we do best. North Carolina Farm Bureau Mutual Insurance Company, Farm Bureau Insurance of North Carolina, Inc., Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, an independent licensee of the Blue Cross Blue Shield Association. In Greenville, contact your local Farm Bureau agent for a quote for your car, home, life, or your health. You'll be working with neighbors you can trust. People like Bill King, Jake Allen, or Jack Metz. These agents are dedicated to protecting your family and your dreams. These Farm Bureau agents are knowledgeable in a wide range of insurance products, but they are also tuned in to the Greenville community. Again, contact Bill King, Jake Jake Allen or Jack Metz today at Farm Bureau Insurance in Greenville, 252-756-3165. That's 252-756-3165. Getting the Pirate Nation home. It's the Patrick Johnson Show. The drive home should be a delight. Here on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates and Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. She take my money. Well, I'm in need. Yes, it's a trifle. Are you going through it? Philip, how much money did you spend on a date this weekend where you're playing this? Sorry, what'd you say, Joe? I had I still had you in queue, my bad. Yeah, you want to okay. tell us something? You want to tell us something? Nah, I don't know. I was just like, I was like oh, I'm going to pull up a Kanye song. It's the only Kanye song that we have in our in our thing. So no, we got Good Life. He made graduation. Ah, we do have Good Life. Good Life would have been way better. Nonetheless. Yeah, my bad. Oops. <laughs> Never buy them drinks, Philip. Yeah. You let them buy their own drinks. That's <laughs> my personal rule. I'm not doing it under any circumstances. Welcome back to the Patrick Johnson Show. Ben B. Baby Barm filling in. Joe Sampson right across from me, former Pirate tight end. Let's do it. And Philip the Ref Pilkington, former Ref, if you did not already get the memo there. Welcome back to the Patrick Johnson Show. We're going to hear from Carter Spivey, reigning AAC Pitcher of the Year in today's Pirate Report. It's yellow. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Wow, welcome in. Pirate report today. That just blew my eardrums out of my ears right we're there. We're fired up. Yeah, we're ready. Sorry, it's it's on the other wall, so it's I had okay. to find it now. Yeah, you got everything complicated over here, Ben. Now we got two it's walls. It's all color-coded. It's a top-notch production. Well, color-coded. It's complicated but, uh, the, other, the other things got all the songs on it. It could either it. be purple or yellow. You got two options. Well, no, I was on the other page with all the songs on it. Well, get out of there. You don't need that. I guess I don't. Welcome back. Pat Johnson's show. Pirate Report. Let's get back on track. 
Carter Spivey talking to the media yesterday in ECU Baseball Media Day. Cut number one here, Philip. He talks about maturing and getting better in the offseason. Um, I've been blessed to play with a lot of great, great uh, people and players. Um, and just kind of taking little bits, things that they did well, and then also adding like my own kind of style to it because, you know, not all the same. But, um, but yeah, definitely. It's a part of like a, a maturation process, I think. Um, it's kind of growing and being more comfortable with who you are as a person. Carter Spivey named the preseason AAC Pitcher of the Year. Once again, coming off a Pitcher of the Year uh, year last year, um, year, year, year. He's talking about not caring for preseason awards because they don't mean jack, son. Preseason awards don't mean anything. Um, it's, it's cool. You know, it's something I can, you know, hang my hat on, I guess, a little bit. But at the end of the day, you don't win games based off preseason awards. You still got to go out there and play. And um, you don't play games for preseason awards. You play to win. Going later down the list, Carter Spivey talked about when he really struggled early in his career, when he was coming in as a reliever and only pitching maybe about an inning or maybe a portion of an inning, just really struggling. He said he had the opportunity. He had the opportunity to maybe transfer elsewhere, and he thought about that, but he wanted to fulfill his commitment. Cut number nine, Philip. he talks about coming back to ECU and sticking it out and fulfilling his commitment to Coach Godwin in the program. This place is special, you know. Um, and this is actually credit to Coach G. Uh, um, there, there's a good chance I probably couldn't have been here last year um, based on how the first three years of my career went. And uh, he took a chance, let me stay, and I feel like it would be wrong of me to leave, you know, just when things got good. It's not it's not who I am as a person. Um, you know, I, I honor my commitment to this place. In the age of the transfer portal, that's very rare to hear. Like somebody who's that that who's got that kind of loyalty. Also, after you got a lot of hardware in the offseason, obviously conference pitcher of the year, whatnot. I'm sure you made the whole conference team. You know, very highly touted prospect at a very highly touted baseball program. You're going to get a lot of eyes on you. The fact that he wanted to come back fulfills commitment despite some struggles. You're already deep into the game. He wanted to stick it out. Have to applaud him for that. Wrapping it up here. Uh, I mentioned that Carter Spivey had some early struggles in his career. He talked about sticking it out and really improving his game. Cut 10 to wrap it up here. It's a lot of maturing, and honestly, I think my parents probably deserve the most credit for it because there were times when I wanted to leave, um, when things were getting hard, and they told me, you know, hard work. You know, it, At the end of the day, you're not going to regret working hard and sticking it out because – when it finally does click for you and you finally you get success, you know, it's 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 going to be really sweet and you're going to cherish it forever. And, I mean, that's – can't argue with it, you know. It's pretty awesome, pretty cool. All right, I'm going to put Joe on the spot here, you being a former player. Was Absolutely. There, having that insider knowledge, was there ever a guy for the football program you saw who maybe really struggled and had overcome a lot of adversity, maybe got grilled by coach all the time, but really turned it around during his time and became a key player. So obviously, the first answer I can give you is Holt Nailers. Yeah, we come I, yeah in, absolutely. We're coming off that three and nine season with Mo right before Houston's hired, and everybody's clamoring that he can't get it done in the big moments. Maybe he he needs to switch to tight end. I know it was absolutely a, a yeah. huge talking point for a very long time. Which you you guys were wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
but I'll get off my soapbox on that one. Uh, he just made such leaps and bounds just mentally, physically, understanding where he had to put the ball, where the defense was going to be, where the the soft spot, as we like to call it, was going to be based on how the play was drawn up or anything like that. He just made such huge improvements that kind of elevated his game now to where we're seeing him in these PA Bowls and these Shrine Bowls that he's the first that comes to my mind. Very good, yeah. I, when you look at Holton with him, it was never the ath- athletic ability. It was never about talent. I think early on it was about just, you know, understanding the game, letting mm-hmm. the game come to him and understanding the mental aspect. And then we saw him really put it together here. We even heard at the beginning of the season people saying, he still looks like how he did as a sophomore. And it's like, come on, people. Like, yeah. No. I would even say Holt Naylor's, I think um, his story is very intriguing. Obviously, his story is going to be part of his legacy, being the hometown kid, getting EC football back to relevance, you know, ending it with back-to-back bowl appearances. I'm counting the military bowl, even though it didn't get played. That hey, counts. I count it. Absolutely counts. First bowl win since 2014. I yeah. Mean, we, we got it all. Yeah, absolutely. He got it back to relevance being the hometown kid. He's got a very intriguing story. He's one of the all-time greatest leaders for ECU football, but I would even go as far as to say top five ECU quarterback all time. And I think, you know, that's always something that's a topic of discussion and can be debated. Um, even if you have him at five, I think he deserves to be in that topic of conversation. I'd think he deserves at least to be in or around your top five for ECU quarterbacks. Absolutely. Um, wrapping it up here on the other side, we'll get into the Panthers coaching search. A lot of interesting stuff here. Um, I'm seeing one I'm not liking here that just developed here recently. And we'll get into the headlines today later on at the bottom of the hour as we lead you into bat- coverage between ECU basketball and the Tulsa Golden Hurricane and Minji's Coliseum at 630. All on the other side right here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Videos, articles, and what's going on in the Pirate Nation. I thought that's what Facebook updates were for. Like and comment on 94.3 The Game's Facebook page right now. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. Fantastic Sam's Cutting Colors Hiring Styles. If you're driven, creative, and ready to make an impact, then we're looking for you. We offer competitive wages, flexible schedules, and professional training. So bring your creativity, style, and drive to your local Fantastic Sam's today and show us what you've got. Let our professional hair colorists create unlimited hair color transformations just for you. Possibilities are endless at Fantastic Sam's in Goldsboro, Kenston, Greenville, Newburn, Moorhead, Jacksonville, and Calabash. Guten Tag, this is my auto. And this is my key. And I only trust one place with my key. My key car care. They are so transparent with e-inspection, which shows photos of the problem and the fix. My key is my favorite part of America. And my second favorite part? The cowboys and the horses. <laughs> Remember, I only trust my key with my key. A one-stop shop for total car care. At participating locations, my key locations are independently owned and operated. If you want the best steak in Eastern North Carolina, then remember this name, the Seahorse Steakhouse, 2301A Stantonsburg Road in Greenville. They serve USDA prime ribeyes aged 50 days, cooked to perfection by Crystal, the Seahorse Grillmaster, guaranteed to be tender and juicy. The Saturday Night Prime Rib is an experience you'll never forget. It's the most flavorful, tender piece of beef you'll ever eat. Delicious is an understatement. 
you're sure to leave full and satisfied. But if you have room to spare, a generous slice of one of their homemade cakes will take care of that. So the next time you want a really good steak in a relaxed family atmosphere, remember the home of Daddy's Steaks and Mama's Cakes. The Seahorse Steakhouse, Stantonsburg Road, Greenville. Hello, Eastern North Carolina. Matt Murchison here at Greenville Nissan. And Happy New Year brings a new car in the Nissan lineup right now. And I'm along with Scotty Turner. Happy New Year, my Happy friend. Happy New Year. And it's we got something you. pretty slick Ooh. right here, don't we? We do. <laughs> and Matt is referring to the all-new Nissan 2023 Nissan Aria. That's right. This is our 100% electric EV SUV. The things that really impress me about this the most is all the technology that you get in this vehicle. Matt, when we talk about safety features, ProPilot Assist, oh, yeah. we talk about up to 300 miles on the charge with a with an SUV crossover that's going to give everybody the options that they're looking for in a full, wonderful EV class SUV. You're exactly right. There was no compromise on the style and sophistication or the technology on this vehicle. It is. We've got to keep in mind, we've got seven models to choose from, mm -hmm. four different powertrains. So depending on what you're looking for, mm -hmm. we, Nissan has plenty to choose from. And it's also available in all-wheel drive. That's right. Come to Greenville Nissan and GreenvilleNissan.com. Check it out. Demo one, order it right here from Greenwood Nissan, where we drive, yes, sir. What's happening? I'll tell you what's happening. Log on to our new website, 943thegame.com, for PJ Show podcasts and the latest news on the Pirates. This is happening. Now, back to Patrick Johnson on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. What is this, Philip? Little Flow Rider. What song is it? In the air. In the air, baby. It's like, like throwback to elementary. I like that other one. Oh, sometimes. That's a great song. You know exactly what I I'm just flashed about. back to a middle school dance. Yeah, me too. What was your go-to move at the middle school dance? Oh, dude, sprinkler. Sprinkler? Sprinkler. I was uh, that lame. What's yours, Phil? I had no moves at all. <laughs> See, if I'm hitting the dance floor, I'm doing some like awkward steps. I'm doing weird things yeah, with my hands. That was my thing. I was always told I did weird stuff with my hands. <laughs> I, I don't care. I'll just be going I'll be going nuts, though. Welcome back into the Patrick Johnson Show. Men B Baby Barm filling in for the P-Man. Joe Sampson, former pirate tight end. Right across from me, and Philip the ref Pilkington on the ones and twos playing some flow right a throwback there. After last night, I don't even be associated with the ref name after what happened in that basketball game, the what? Duke game. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. See, that, I mean, you get punched it was a bad in, beat. It yeah. was a bad beat for sure. Yeah, you get punched in the throat, and there's no call at all. I mean, I understand it was incidental, but. You How know, did they not at least call a common foul? I, I guess on that? it's I guess it's the makeup call for all the Grayson Allen ones here. Yeah, yeah. that or the Christian Leitner in the '92 re regional <laughs> yeah. final. Yeah, I'm not feeling bad for any UNC or Duke no calls in basketball. Anyways, yeah. welcome back. Carolina Panthers have interviewed non-head coaching candidates so far. Some interesting names on the list. The latest one, and I thought this guy should have been eliminated from contention based on the uh, latest playoff game alone, the divisional playoff game. Kellen Moore just wrapped up an interview with Cowboys OC. I, Probably had the worst final play call in a playoff game I've ever seen. It's up there. Ezekiel Elliott, the center. Move all your linemen to the right side of the field. Move all your receivers to the left. And then you decide to throw the ball to Turpin, your kick returner. I think it was an impractical jokers thing. <laughs> yeah. Where you got him on the headset, like, okay, yeah. throw it to Turpin. Yeah. I got having an, a normally what would be an eligible receiver in the middle of the field declaring an eligible, but they should have had some guards 
at least next to him to protect him and not or, get bull rushed. Or even bring the center in. Like, keep yeah. the center there because he's ineligible. If, if Zeke's not going to get out, take take the bigger body, put him in the middle, at least give him a chance to hold up in protection so Dak yeah. has a chance. And it looked like they were going for some kind of hook and lateral with three in front to get him and push downfield. But you're, they're playing three men up and then three deep with the prevent there. I don't know what you're going to try and do with somebody coming behind it. And try and run past Fred Warner is just asinine, in my opinion. The as best far as middle linebacker in the game. He's a yeah. DB playing middle linebacker. Yeah. That's what Sauce said. He said it best. Yeah, no, that's true. So here's the question. Was that a worse play call? Or last year against the Niners in the wild card game, was that a worse play call? I'm trying call? to remember what when that they, play when call When they ran was. the ball. Well, with Dak, like it was like a QB. I think honestly, I don't think that it was one, a QB draw. It was one of those where he improvised scrambling well, yeah. and he ran to hit, like hand too the ref many yards. The ball. Because if he hands yeah. the ref the ball and they spike it that's and true. they, they win off it, it's a great play call. But that's just true. that's game awareness. And they Olsen talked about it on the on the broadcast. He was Mike McCarthy's clearly working these late game situations more and more, but but that's what you came up with. Yeah. Give, give me the Statue of Liberty, the annexation of Puerto Rico, the hook and ladder. <laughs> give, give little throwback to the little giants. I like Heck it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it it was pretty much almost like giving up. You know, he wanted Kellen Moore wanted to recreate the moment that got him to commit to Boise State in the hook and lateral. That's exactly in the O six Fiesta in the, Bowl. In the Fiesta Bowl. Because that was like his senior year of college, and he like yeah. committed like right at, or sorry, senior year of high school, and he like committed like right after that. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, the biggest name when it comes to the Panthers head coaching search is uh, Sean Payton, who they wrapped up the interview with him yesterday. Um, I'm I'm hella against this. I want no parts of this, especially when you have to give up potentially multiple first rounders. I think the biggest thing with the Panthers is they need a culture change and they need an established culture. Wilkes did a good job of that. Sean Payton does not have a good track record when it comes to establishing a culture. Has some dirty football teams during was, his tenure. I was about to say we're just gonna forget Bounty Gate. Yeah, exactly. And- <laughs> yeah, which he definitely had a part in. Like, don't even he didn't know what was going on. No, he knew what was going on. That, I want no part of that. Sean Payton had no contingency plan after Drew Brees. Taysom Hill, his little golden boy, was his contingency plan. A gadget quarterback. I, I want no part of that. He has known, he's shown no proof whatsoever that he had any kind of plan after Drew Brees or he can establish any kind of success outside of Drew Brees. I don't want that whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, I agree to an extent, but the thing that I mostly agree with is having to give stuff up. Like, you're kind of stuck in To a division rival. Right yeah. yeah. Like, okay, it would be different if you were, like, a head coach away. Yeah. He's just yeah. coaching. Like, you're like already really you good. You the roster. You're yeah. missing yeah. that one leader. Exactly. Or even if you were, like, look, we're already pretty bad. If we give up some first-round picks, we can truly tank, and he can pull us up from the bottom in a five-, six-year period. But, like, you're decent. You've got pieces. One, one you're went away. Seven yeah. and ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean you're you're stuck in purgatory right now, and trading away first round picks for a coach is not going to work out. I mean the only, I mean the Bucks were lucky it worked for them in O two. They say, traded that for was John the latest Gruden. One was Gruden, right? Yeah. yeah, this is the latest NFL. The Clippers traded for Doc Rivers, Rivers from the Celtics, but yeah, latest NFL, and it worked out. But the difference is they were that leader away. They already had that great defense, and defense could win you championships back then. I mean, this yeah. team didn't even have a quarterback. Yeah. No, that's true. I that's, mean, that's a whole other conversation. It remains to be day. seen. Is Sam Darnold the guy? Do you get your guy in the draft? Do you commit to a guy like Derek Carr, the most Panthers move ever? I mean, you know, we still have a lot of unknowns when it comes to the quarterback. The most Panthers move ever would be for you guys to go get Matt Ryan. Uh, you and know what? Believe. I want up you, Geno Smith. 
<laughs> that would be the most Panthers move ever. As a Jets fan, you just triggered my entire life of like children and running around <laughs> and thinking I was a quarterback. Yeah. No, I, I so we all agree no Sean Payton. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want Sean Payton. Couple of other ones that have uh, popped up here. I might butcher his name here, but this one makes no sense to me unless this is part of the Rooney rule or something. I know you have to, you're required to like interview a certain amount of minority candidates. Well, you're already doing Jim Codwell and uh, uh what's Well, don't the, jump the, the gun. Phil. Well, I'm saying in the get who's the Yeah, but Jim Inter- Caldwell Wilkes. is the first phone yeah. call at all times. Yeah. Well, in Wilkes, so I think whoever you're going to bring up is not the Rooney rule yeah. issue you're already interviewing two well, then minority this one, coaches. Yeah, this one doesn't make a lot of sense. Jairo uh, uh, Avero, the Denver that? Broncos defensive coordinator. No, he's so contrary to what people think, and obviously okay. you've seen you've seen the team that was failing under Hackett, and all, the, the yeah. defense was top ten at one point. Okay, and held the Chiefs. I want to say it was to seventeen in week like fourteen with all the starters, and Kelsey's playing, and Mahomes trying to get that first round pick. Yeah, or first seed in the playoffs. Excuse me, but that's he's a great guy. He's been a great coach, great coordinator since he took over from I want to say it was Fangio. When yes. he left yes. after the Super Bowl, he's been there since then. And he was there through the last coaching change, even when Hackett was hired. He's he's that guy. Him, he in my opinion, he's probably the one outside of D'Amico Ryan who's the most pro-ready head coach on any of the staffs. Uh, yeah, I guess my big question was why him, if you're going to go defensive-minded, why him when you got Wilkes? And then D'Amico Ryan, I think, uh, in my personal opinion, might be a little bit more established. Yeah. Um, maybe you're just trying to get a second voice, second opinion, you know, get a little bit outside your comfort zone, see who else is flying under the radar who's out there. You put it into perspective, makes a little bit more sense. I'm just, I'm not for a defensive minded head coach right now. I don't think that's what we need, especially in today's NFL. And, you know, if the playoffs are any indication, defensive minded head coaches are not working right now in the playoffs. It's not leading to success. So, yeah, I'm, I think he's a good hire if this is 12 years ago. Yeah. It's like everything yeah. Joe brought up. And, you, you know, Joe's bringing up those stats. And you also got to remember their offense is like the king of going three and out, and they mm-hmm. still had those stats. There was yeah. a lot of pressure on that defense. I think he's a great defensive coordinator. And uh, obviously, I watch a lot of Broncos football, my dad being a Broncos fan. But uh, yeah, like Ben said, I mean, the days of. The 2000 Ravens winning a Super Bowl, the 02 Bucks, <laughs> yeah, the 85 Bears. Dilfer, yeah. yeah, no, those those Trent days are done. Dilfer. You yeah. need a high powered offense. You know, you've got to have an offensive minded head coach. That's why at one time I mean I really wasn't opposed to the whole Kellen Moore thing. I mean they've been saying he's ready for a few years, but yeah, after the other day, I mean you can't hold the guy to one play. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, he, I'm all for an offensive minded guy. Moore called a great game against San Francisco. Obviously, it's a it's a top tier defense, even one of the best in the league. Unless you're looking at the Eagles as far as metrics go, with Linval Joseph, ECU alum in the middle, have to shout him out. There you go. And he called a phenomenal game as far as that goes. And Dak's two or three plays away from it being completely different. So I understand where they're going there, but do they want youth again? Yeah, and you know we saw with uh, Matt Rule they gave him what a seven year contract. Seven year contract. He'd never been an NFL head coach before. And yeah, NFL, uh, he might have been a running backs coach when he left. Yeah, at one uh, point as an intern or something. What I didn't understand about that is you were willing to commit seven years to him, but you weren't willing to commit to a seven year plan. So are you yeah. going to do that moving forward with a young guy, or I mean, are you going to make the same mistake? Are you in a win now mode? Like where is David Tepper's mindset at right now? And I think it's more so win now. So these guys, I would think, will be kind of out of the search. 
Um, moving on, a guy that did not interview but we requested for that didn't make sense to me, Gerard Mayo, former Patriots linebacker, the linebacker's coach for the Patriots now. Straight up refused an interview. Thank God he did us a favor. Moving on from that one. <laughs> I mean, come on. What That's made no if sense. If we're going to interview a former linebacker, could we just call Keekly at this yeah, point? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just hit up Keekly. Keep it in-house. Demeco Ryans, we talked a little bit about him. If you're going defensive minor with the younger guys, I tend to favor him a little bit more. Uh, I think the problem there is, though, is he's only been a defensive coordinator for like a year or two. Yeah, and he also took yeah. over for Salah. Yeah, and that yeah. was that was Salah's defense, and I'm no discredit to D'Amico Ryan, obviously, yeah. but how many times have we seen them take the pieces? Yeah, take it over. Even Mike McDaniel's took yeah. the Kyle Shanahan offense and then took it with him, and now Kyle Shanahan's still doing that. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Kellen Moore, we got into. I'm not sure if we're really on board with that. Mike Kafka, Giants OC. Kafka. Yeah, I think it's interesting. You know, it's only his first year as an offensive coordinator. Um, I, I think it at least deserves some consideration. Yeah. Considering Daniel Jones's career was, you know, much in question coming into this year. Daniel Jones, at one point, you can argue, was playing at an MVP level. He was. Played Danny very Dines. well. Saquon, you know, kind of revitalized his career a little bit. More of that was just Saquon staying healthy. But nonetheless, Giants offensive line finally getting right. Um, I, I'm not against it. I'm not against it. Not again, it Giants. You look at where the Giants' offense was coming into this year and how they ended up of at the end of this year. They're in a much better spot, I think, leaving this year as they were coming into this year. And maybe he has a big hand in that. Yeah, I don't know. It's just one year. A guy does one thing for one year, and it's kind of like if we're going to go that road, I would rather do Kellen Moore. Yeah. Kellen Moore's been proven. He's been the OC there for what five, yeah. six years. And there was a rumor when that he was the backup quarterback that he was pretty much. The, the assistant coordinator at that yeah, point. the yeah. assistant offensive coordinator. So and quarterbacks coach. So yeah, I'd... you can argue it's like an Andy Reid and um, Eric Bieniemy situation where it's like how much of that offense is Brian DeBole calling though? Right, and that's that's yeah. exactly where I was about to go. I mean, yeah, you've got Dabble is the the offensive guy. Yeah. Like, that's why they brought him in. He's the play caller. Yeah. He's, you can see him on the sideline talking to Danny Dimes and then yeah. talking to Slayton and talking to Isaiah Hodgins. And, and all these players, how much is Kafka really on the phone? Is he handling this? Is Especially he, in his first year. Yeah, and, and as a head coach, you're handling personnel groupings, you're handling timeouts, you're handling game situations. How are we going to get the ball back? When do I need to call timeout to get the ball back? Yeah. All those things. I don't know if Kafka has enough experience. I'm sure he has enough experience as a coach, but as that head guy. Yeah. And the offense coordinator is supposed to be the head coach of the offense. Yeah. And with Dabble there, I don't know if he's getting that experience in one year. There's a lot of unknowns with him. It's I, it's like we've all been kind of saying. It's a matter of how much involvement he has in that offense when it comes to play calling. And it's only his first year as an offensive coordinator. Is he re necessarily ready yet? Yeah. So we saw that if Matt Rule with his inexperience as a head coach at the NFL level wasn't good in late-game situations, didn't mm -hmm. really have any kind of awareness when it came to the play clock, um, timing, time management in general. I was just a complete mess. And at the end of the day, when it comes to being a coach, the locker room has to buy into you. You have to be a leader of men. You really have to be an alpha. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't scream. I don't know. A lot of these guys don't just scream alpha male to me or a guy that you can get behind. You at least have to have the swagger like Mike McDaniel mm -hmm. does. There's 32 NFL yeah. head coaches yeah. a year. You have to stand out yeah. from all whatever 128 candidates there yeah. are based on position coaches and or offensive and defensive coordinators alike. Yeah, I like this one. Ken Dorsey, Bills offensive coordinator, um, was the former Carolina Panthers quarterbacks coach. Was not a fan of him, believe it or not, as a quarterbacks coach for the Panthers just because um, I don't know if it's necessarily his fault, more so Cam Newton's. 
Didn't do much to develop Cam Newton in terms of more of a pure passer. Yeah, but sometimes you wonder, is that Ken Dorsey or is yeah. that Cam? Yeah, yes. that's yeah, where, too yeah. big of a head on his yeah. Cam did not work on his footwork or his short place or anything yeah. in the offseason. He didn't off have to. Yeah. You know, you that's say he didn't true, have yeah. to, but you know, God-given talent, he might be the, one of the most talented quarterbacks oh, of all time, but it's probably not even going to be a Hall of Famer just, because he didn't work on that yeah. stuff. Right. But I'm just saying as far as his play goes, obviously it took the hit once he had the shoulder surgery and everything after the MVP year. But going up to the MVP year, you couldn't, you couldn't tell him you can't set your feet on that. You have to throw this with – off your back foot. Yeah. He, he was doing whatever he needed to do. Yeah. yeah, that's true. So he didn't have to listen, per se, because there was no drop-off in production when Dorsey was there. I'm interested in Dorsey. He's probably top three candidate for me right now. Um, I just don't know. I don't want him to have a meltdown. I don't – yeah, yeah, like the Dolphins game at the beginning like, of the year. It's just a matter of, like, how many years you're willing to commit to him. If you're in a win-now mode, is he your guy? I'm not sure if that's the case. Yeah, he's he's a he's a project. If you're buying into the rebuild, he's the project. You bring him in, he's not a younger guy, but he's a younger guy with a little bit of experience yeah. in, in this kind of rebuild and building it up. And with Dabble leaving, he knows what the step-up looks like with the Bills. Yeah. Um, all right, the next one, the one I was most interested in, and now he's remain, remaining with the Lions, Ben Johnson. I think that's a huge loss on our part. Yeah. Absolutely huge loss. That's a guy that's been ex- has experience coaching every offensive position, mm-hmm. along with being a coordinator, a tight ends coach. He's also he, he was offensive quality control coach. So he had a lot of different. Uh, he, he's well, done everything. He's done just about everything there, and made a Detroit Lions offense. When coming into the year, you're like, all right, they got DeAndre Swift. And they have uh, – who's the receiver? I'm drawing a blank Amon here. Amon Ross St. Brown. You knew Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be intriguing at the wide receiver position, but Amon Ross looked like top 10 wide receiver at points this year. Oh, yeah. Jared Goff's your quarterback. You make him look like a competent quarterback. You trade hockey. Okay, that's what I was about to say. You trade yeah. your, your superstar tight end. Yeah. And you still find a way yeah. to yeah. match his production, if not outdo him with all your backups. Yeah, that's that's a huge loss for me. Jamal I, Williams looked like a, a perennial MVP candidate at one point. Was in a four hu- weeks. yeah a huge yeah. red zone threat. You got the Eagles OC. It, correct me if I'm wrong here. Sean Steichen. I have no idea. Steichen sounds, gonna, sounds Steichen. Yeah, I believe that's yeah. Eagles OC. Um, he's a first year. No, not first year OC. I think I, think I believe second, second year. It's his second year. He's been there with Sirianni, yeah. Yeah, it was the second year as an OC. Which is another thing. Is Sirianni calling all the plays same as Andy Reid? Yeah. He was also an OC with the Chargers before, and, you know, he's been around. He's also coached a little bit on defense and quarterbacks. Um, I think it's intriguing. Um, I'm just I'm worried about getting into another read option offense here at the Panthers. Well, I, you would hope that, you know, his scheme is built on the players he has. I mean, yeah. These guys don't, you know, when you have yeah. a high school coach or something, they might be hard set on a scheme. But when a guy gets to the NFL level, usually he's pretty good at adjusting to his scheme. I mean, if you look at it with Shanahan, he was a pass-first yeah. guy yeah. in Atlanta. Yeah. And then he knows he's in a different situation right now in San Run Francisco. First, he's yeah. adapted to that. And so you would hope that, you know, he would realize, you know, Whoever the quarterback of the Carolina Panthers is going to be next year is not going to be named Jalen Hurts. So you yeah. hope he doesn't do that. But yeah, to your point, I would not want to be in an option style offense with any, probably anybody but Jalen Hurts right now in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, it's just a matter of who's what quarterback he wants. Who's he going to get? I mean, who are you looking at in the draft? Who are you looking at in free agency? Who are you looking at to maybe possibly trade? Um, just a lot of unknowns when it comes to that situation. But I think it's intriguing. I like it. Um, it's just a matter of. If is you want to adapt to a different scheme, and there's not a lot of coordinators we see become head coaches that can do that. To be quite frank, 
Yeah, you know, they try to establish their brand of football. Bring yeah, their football back. Yeah, absolutely. That's a very good point. Frank Reich, former Colts head coach, former Eagles offensive coordinator, former Chargers offensive coordinator, one of the Panthers' very first quarterback, the first, first starter first, ever. First, yeah. Started the first three games. It. I'm kind of you're loving it. it. I'm kind of loving it. They the reports indicate he had the strongest interview so absolutely. far for the head coaching job. My problem with Frank Reich is he has an overcommitment to certain quarterbacks. That's fair. And that can plague you in the NFL. We saw, we've seen it before. We've seen it before. We even seen it with Ron Rivera with his commitment, yeah. his overcommitment to certain guys. To the same yeah. guy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, do we necessarily want that in Carolina? Because we've already had that issue before. So I think how conservative is Frank Wright going to be? That's that's a fair point. But I think the easiest way to look at it is he didn't have much with the Colts. Yeah. Obviously, first year he gets the job, it's it's Philip Rivers. Yeah. What you can't really tell him no if. The GM's like, hey, we're going to trade a first-rounder or whatever it was for Phillip Rivers. Yeah. You go get Phillip Rivers, Rivers retires. You trade a first-rounder for Wentz. At some point— You can't tell me that was not his move, though. Oh, that no. had to be his move. It had yeah. to be his move because yeah. Wentz was coming off MVP-caliber stuff before he got hurt. And yeah. Nick Foles usurped him as far as that goes. And then you draft Jalen Hurts in the second round, and he's obviously become a budding superstar at this point. He's Willie Beeman from any given Sunday at this point. Just yeah. Balling. Yeah. And you look at that, but Frank Reich was— Two wins away in the last two seasons before this one from an AFC South win against the Titans, who wound up the one seed. Yeah. I, he built this team. He's got this great defense. He's got all these great things. He had Scotty Montgomery as a running backs coach who was interviewing for offensive coordinator positions. He was building something. And then obviously this year they kind of took a back seat with Matt Ryan. But. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the problem is uh, I, I feel like he inherited a team with the Colts, and y'all can disagree with this. I felt like a team that was a team even when Andrew Luck retired that was ready that was Super Bowl ready. That's you just, fair. You had to figure out the quarterback position. He got his guy in Wentz, and it ultimately costed him his job. Yeah. Are we going to see much of the same here in Carolina, where it's an overcommitment? Over you're overcommitting to a guy who may cost you your job. Yeah. Well, I mean, kind of hasn't that how it's been in Carolina over the last? I mean, yeah. three years we've had three different starting quarterbacks week one over the yeah, last three years. So I guess four technically over the last four years. Yeah. But one of those was Cam, so we're not going to obviously count him into that. I would but, count um, that, yeah. Yeah. But we're going with Teddy and then with, with Sam and then and with yeah. Baker. Baker. So, you know, it's kind of those points. Yeah, could he make that mistake? Yes. But if he gets the right guy, right. who's the best guy for the job? You know, we've, we've looked at every guy and we've said something that we don't like about him, and that's yeah. fine. You got to, you know, you got to take the good with the bad. But who is the most ready to be the Carolina Panthers head coach right now? Oh, it's Frank Reich. Frank Reich. Yeah, I think that's, that's true. the guy. Yeah. Previous experience has has done it now in this new age NFL, as we were saying before. That has to be offense. He's not building off the defense anymore. I I agree with that. Yeah, it, and then too, you got to think his daughter just took a job with the Panthers. Yeah, yeah, and that, like it was in the marketing side, and I know that like his daughter being in marketing is not going to mean anything, but you know, it's a guy who's lived in Charlotte. I mean, heck, when he first retired, before he took the job in San Diego, yeah, he was living in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I like your point there. It's not the sexiest hire. It's not going to be one that people are going to be completely on board with, but it's probably the smartest, safest move. And he's the former player aspect of it as well. Yeah. so he's he's the homegrown hero, if you would. Yeah, if we've brought up somewhat. Yeah, Frank Wright didn't have the best tenure of Carolina. Of, well, you got to think they he's got that history linked quarter. to us. Yeah. He was the first, you got to think they they got him in the expansion draft from the Bills. I yeah, mean, he was he was Kelly's backup, which right. he did a heck of a job. Obviously, Great led job. him to what was the greatest comeback in NFL history to earlier this year. Yeah, in that uh, wild card game against the uh, Oilers. Yeah, but um, 
you know, they drafted Kerry Collins. Yeah. And he knew coming in that he was not going to be the future no. of the Carolina Panthers. There's a reason they drafted Kerry Collins in the 95 draft. But I definitely think, you know, he, he came in, he mentored Collins well and did a lot. So I get, he didn't maybe have the best 10 years as opposed to wins and losses and stats. But for what they brought him in to do, he did a heck of a job. I mean, Kerry Collins takes, you know, Carolina 12 and 4 into the NFC Championship game in his next year. And does he do that if Frank Reich is Isn't not there, there mentoring yeah. him? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Hey, I'm against it purely because I don't want to hear them bring up, well, he was the Panthers' first starting quarterback every Panthers game I watch because you know they're going to hammer in on that. They're yeah. Have the whole graphic that's for fair. it. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Nah. Frank Reich, I think that would be a quality hire. I'm not totally on board with it, but I'm not totally against it. I think it's the safest move. And I'm not sure if you can afford to play it safe. All right, Jim Caldwell, we went into that a little bit. Um, okay, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, no, he, he, really, took, uh, he took over what was probably in and through the best 53-man roster in the NFL and yeah. ran it into the ground I'm saving, in Indianapolis. I'm saving the most intriguing for last. Um, Steve Wilkes. Keep him. Yeah, you know, I, he's too conservative. Too much. We're seeing that Ron Rivera aspect that costed him his job, where he's calling way too conservative and must win games. He's playing it way too safe. I do say that the players are buying in. He's established a culture, which is the number one thing. Um, obviously, his coaching style equates to winning. We ended up six and six towards the end there. Yeah, almost made the playoffs. Yeah, I'm not, he's number one on my list right now. My only issue is a defensive minded guy. I want an offensive minded guy. I do too. But yeah. he can he can change the conservativeness. He can realize and learn from his mistakes, and he hasn't had really the opportunity to learn from his mistakes because he's such short tenure as a head coach. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think you can't overlook the chemistry aspect of it. And that's when, hard to come by. Yeah, when players want to play together, I mean, you know, there was somebody came out. I think it was Shaq Thompson said, "Yeah, we did not want to play for Matt Rule." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. Clearly, they wanted to play. Nobody for wants Steve to Wilkes. play for Porky Pig. Yeah. That's going to wrap it up <laughs> for Carolina Panthers. The latest in the head coaching search coming up. We'll take a look at the latest sports headlines to wrap it up and preview part game day counting and getting the part game day counting ECU basketball against Tulsa tonight. That's coming up on the Patrick Johnson Show. Miss a moment. Remember, there will be a test. You can log on to the brand new 943thegame.com for the podcast of the PJ Show. Plus, what's going on with sports in Pitt County and around the globe. And the latest on the ECU Pirates. Log on today. The brand new 943thegame.com. You are dismissed. This is about you, your family, and the health of all who live in Eastern North Carolina. This is about the transformation of a health system into something more powerful and more human, about creating new ways to treat disease and keep you well. This is about ECU Health, which is to say, it's really all about you. ECU Health, minds, hearts, purpose. Need $1,000 to $10,000 immediately for a gift for someone special, car repairs, or unexpected expenses? Time Financing Service offers competitive loan rates. Apply online and get your answer in less than an hour in most cases. Then you can pick up the cash at any of our 24 convenient locations. Apply online 24-7 at timefinancing.com. That's timefinancing.com. Time Financing Service. All loans subject to current credit policy of Time Financing Service. One-hour loan approval and same-day cash in most circumstances. Exceptions may apply. I'm Tim Sutton from Greenville Auto World. Trucks, 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 two-wheel drives, four-wheel drive, extended cabs, crew cabs, you name it, we have it. 
late model, low mileage, all brands. 15 lenders to choose from for all of your financing options. Plus, we customize tires, rims, lift kits on site, no matter how large or small the job is. For an appointment, call us at Greenville Auto World on Charles Boulevard at 364-8730. Littering and illegal trash dumping hurts community pride, Pitt County development, and natural resources. Together, we can make a difference. Secure your loads to prevent unintentional littering. Report illegal dumping. Volunteer and receive service hours to keep Pitt County litter-free for you and me. To get started, visit PittCountyNC.gov slash litter-free to join the community movement to make our county litter-free for you and me. Dear past, present, and future football watchers, you know why we're here. The football season is back! Woo! That means those pregame barbecues with an ice-cold Pepsi? Totally back! Your perfectly placed football-watching corner seat, back and comfy as ever. 18 Sundays of touchdown scoring, Hail Mary throwing, ice-cold Pepsi flowing football action? You better believe it's back! And since that's too amazing to miss a single second's worth, Pepsi is officially giving you permission to always put football first. And when we say always, we mean always. Like when your lawn is looking less like a lawn and more like a jungle. If the game's on, then the lawnmower ain't. And those gutters you haven't cleaned? Today is not their day. Or maybe those in-laws are back in town. Well, better hope they're football fans because your Sunday is completely booked. Long story short, crack open a Pepsi and don't let anything get between you and your football watching. With love, Pepsi, made for football watching. <sighs> That's what I like. Just follow me here. We're doing it for the gram. Check out picks from the PJ Show and more. Plus, picks from around Pirate Nation. 94.3 The Game, now on Instagram. Well, when Philip the Ref Pilkington is producing... I can never count out the fact that he's going to play Motley Crue at some point. Do it. It's a tradition when Philip produces. Somebody kickstart my heart. Yeah. I should have played that. My bad. Yeah. It's okay. You know I, that would have hyped me I would have flashed back to kickoff ready to go. That's true. Should have done that for you, football. I'll do that next time. <laughs> Welcome back to the Pastor Johnson Show. We're wrapping up before we get to the Pirate Game Day Countdown segment as ECU baseball, or basketball, excuse me, host of the Tulsa Golden, Golden Hurricane. Tonight. You're ready to move on already. He's ready to go. Yeah. You know I'm not ready he, to move yeah, on. He, he's, no, he's ready to move He knows basketball. <laughs> lost cause. All right. Taking a look at today's latest headlines around sports. Obviously, we talked about Aaron Rodgers. Saquon Barkley has rejected a contract extension worth $12 million a year. Giants offense, especially with Daniel Jones as well, has some serious evaluating and thinking to do here in the offseason. First impression, Saquon rejecting a deal. I don't get it. I, I understand he wants probably 13 and a half as far as it goes. It's going to be your only big payday as a running back. But the metrics say that once you hit 30 as a running back, your career is over. Yep. Once you hit 28, you're starting on the back end. But once you hit 26, now you're starting to become third down back. You, you lose that explosiveness. And there are a dime a dozen in the league, unfortunately. And that's how yep. the drafts have gone. That's how all of the free agencies have gone. Look at the last three that got these huge contracts as running backs. Yeah, it's and he's already had injury issues, major mm-hmm. injury issues. I don't know who's what. What does the market look like for Saquon? Unless a bad team gives him crazy money. Yeah, either a bad team or a good team tries to bring him in on a cheaper deal. 
Foreman would be cheap, and we've already seen he can put up big numbers for the Panthers. Exactly. I mean, like Joe said, running backs are a dime a dozen. Dime. Yeah. Look at if, Phillip Lindsay from like three years ago. Yeah. yeah. If you get a get an O line that could run block and a guy with good enough vision to find the hole, mm-hmm. that's all that matters. If but, he's got bad vision, he stinks. If he's got good vision, he's good enough. Uh, latest report: Giants GM Joe Schoen's plan to move forward with quarterback Daniel Jones. So there you go. Okay. Here's an interesting one for the Super Bowl pregame: Chris Stapleton and Babyface, the singer in the pregame. <laughs> yeah. Are we familiar? of Chris Stapleton? Yeah, I know Chris Stapleton. Who's Babyface? I have no idea. I I thought Blueface when I first saw that. I was like, Blueface (laughs) would be a bad move right now. (laughs) That would be a terrible (laughs) move, yeah. Bill O'Brien returns to the Patriots as OC. Yay or nay? Yay. Yay. I mean, he's got experience there. Why not? I mean, he made the— Probably the best offensive coordinator he had under Bill Belichick. Yeah, he's going from Saban back to Belichick. What's what's the difference there? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got to think he also— he made the Texans offense look good, and that was pre Deshaun Watson. Before they gave him the general manager spot, they were a playoff caliber team. Yeah. Um, wrapping it up here, Jim Ursay interviewed who was it, Joe? <laughs> when he had the Josh McDaniels on? He had Have you been he, you heard of this? Yes, he interviewed Josh McDaniels for the head coaching job, head right? Coaching for the job Colts. in Indianapolis. And his wife said Ursay took too long in the bathroom. Over an hour. Spinally, he took over yeah. an hour in the bathroom, and that's when his wife was like, You can't play or coach for Ursay. And the that's real when question. He took the Raiders job. The real question is he uh, is he he's sipping some nose beers or is he taking a fat mondo crap? I think it's both. <laughs> a little bit of both. At the same time. That's going to do it for us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. We're leading you into Pirate Game Day Countdown as we get you set for ECU basketball in Tulsa later tonight. Special thanks to Philip the Ref Pilkington. Special thanks to Joe Sampson. Boom. And for the hell of it, special thanks to Chris Cook just because he was here. It's good to see him around. Special thanks to Patrick Johnson. He's on the ESPN Plus call tonight with Scott Seymour. And the voice of the Pirates, Jeff Charles and Coach Michael Perry coming up right here on the flagship at 6.30. Other side, we're talking ECU basketball right here on the Patrick Johnson Show and the flagship station, the ECU Parts, 94.3 The Game. Thanks, everybody. If you want the best steak in Eastern North Carolina, then remember this name. The Seahorse Steakhouse, 2301A Stantonsburg Road in Greenville. They serve USDA prime ribeyes aged 50 days, cooked to perfection by Crystal. The Seahorse Grill Master, guaranteed to be tender and juicy. The Saturday Night Prime Rib is an experience you'll never forget. It's the most flavorful, tender piece of beef you'll ever eat. Delicious is an understatement. You're sure to leave full and satisfied. But if you have room to spare, a generous slice of one of their homemade cakes will take care of that. So the next time you want a really good steak in a relaxed family atmosphere, remember the home of Daddy's Steaks and Mama's Cakes. The Seahorse Steakhouse, Stantonsburg Road, Greenville. Time now for an update from Town Insurance. I've got my friend Jim Clement in the studio with me. Jim, great to see you. What's new at Town Insurance? What's new, Henry, is our growth in this state. We have now exceeded $60 million in revenue with 300 employees over both states, Virginia and North Carolina. But North Carolina, our footprint goes from Kerala down to Wilmington, 